we're greeted by this drill instructor who, as I remember, looked like his uniform had been spray painted on his body. I've never <laughs> seen anyone so ramrod straight. Huh. And almost immediately before the man opened his mouth, mm -hmm. I knew something, just intuitively. Sure. You need to do whatever this guy says to do because right. he means business. Welcome to Covenant Leadership a podcast about discipling into the next generation. We talk about the principles of relational leadership and how to mentor new leaders. Where do we find the passion to drive the vision to the next level? We'll really take you there. Today, Al Purvis and Fred Bennett are going to talk about how to build a soldier. Welcome to Covenant Leadership Podcast today. We're so glad to have you listening. And uh, you can log on to our website, victoryasia.com, at any time to see what's coming up and keep in stride with all the news and activity that's going on across Asia. On uh, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to build a soldier. And this is kind of a theme in the last little while in our ministry across Asia. In fact, you can expect a new issue of Continuum Magazine coming out this summer that is entitled How to Build a Soldier. And we're going to look at different kinds of mentoring and uh, discipleship and so on in that. But today, we have Fred Bennett here with us. Really excited about that because uh, Fred and Val are old friends of ours and um, friends for a long time as well. And uh, they're here with us in Thailand. And uh, just good to have you here, Fred. Um, from Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about some of Fred's expertise. Uh, he's been in the ministry for over 35 years as a senior pastor in Memphis for many years and then turned the church over to his son. They oversaw a Bible school and have facilitated a lot of ministry, well-known all across North America. And it's just an honor to have you with us, Fred. So we're going to jump right into this and uh, talk about, uh, we just really want to bring out some things that will help other leaders to be able to get from where they are to where they need to be. And so we want to talk about how your experience with the Army, uh, you know, that was kind of how you were first introduced to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how that correlates with the mission, with spreading the gospel and those kind of things. So give us some background story here. Well, Al, uh, 50 years ago, I was in the United States Air Force and uh, I had a one-year tour of duty mm -hmm. uh, at Utapau Air Base, right down, down the coast road, here, yeah. and <laughs> about 20 clicks, I think, uh, here in Thailand. And I was 21 years old. Wow. Uh, I was relatively new to the military, mm -hmm. uh, but I learned a lot of valuable lessons from that experience. Sure. And uh, then I began to see words once we were saved and filled with the Spirit and right. called into, and sent into ministry, I began to see so many things in the scriptures mm -hmm. that went along with this kind of a theme of a soldier of Christ right. and uh -huh. uh, of thinking about the church. You know, there's so many ways to think about the church. Sure. But one way that seems to be neglected these days is that we are, in fact, the army of God. Right, that's right. And we're to be an army of one. Mm -hmm. That's good. I, I actually love the whole army metaphor because it allows us to be aggressive yeah. and very you know on point and we are not fooling around and the discipline and all those kind of things and so that's really what you bring from your army experience isn't it from your military experience yes and uh i was somewhat grieved about uh, it seems that we've raised up a church of mostly pacifists these mm -hmm, days mm -hmm. 
and I'm a little bit on the radical side, not nearly as radical as you and Terry are, but nevertheless, I'm catching up. That's good. <laughs> and uh, I think we just lack some militancy mm -hmm. in the church. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of militancy that leads to physical warfare sure. or yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about, you know, the army of God, we're talking about something spiritual. Yeah, that's right. Uh, mm -hmm. We're talking about a different set of weapons. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, our, our weapons. Weapons are not here to kill people. Uh, yeah. uh, God did not send Christ into the world to condemn and blow the world That's up, right. but that the yeah. world would be saved through mm -hmm. Him. And so, you know, beginning to look at this, that we are equipped with weapons. Yeah. We are equipped with tools. Right. And this is a part of something that I think needs to be restored to the church. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you can't you can't be in places like this and so many other places that we need to go. Yeah. If you're not well, we call it a bull in a china shop. You know, like you've got to be really bullheaded. Yeah. Um, and and again, that's part of the challenge of getting along. Sure. Because we've got you know uh, uh, hundreds of bullheaded people all working together <laughs> in Asia. And uh, but you learn that in the, in the military as well. I mean, there's a submission there that's very very important. Oh, from the very get-go. You know the recruiters are so nice. They promise you the moon. You're going to see the world. Sure. You're going to get to do whatever you want. Well, that, that you can just blow all that off. That, that's true. <laughs> that's probably not fair. But uh, I, I remember the first day, my first day in the Air Force, they flew me down to Lackland Air Force Base in mm -hmm. Texas, which was for basic training. Uh-huh. And we arrived at like two o'clock in the morning on a bus. We'd been flying all day and we were yeah. worn out. All we wanted to do is get in the rack and go to sleep. But instead, we're greeted by this drill instructor who, as I remember, looked like his uniform had been spray painted on his body. I've never <laughs> seen anyone so ramrod straight. Huh. And almost immediately before the man opened his mouth, mm -hmm. I knew something just intuitively sure. you need to do whatever this guy says to do because right. he means business mm -hmm. and he began to tell us in no short order you don't know how to talk right you don't know how to walk uh-huh you don't know how to dress mm -hmm. you don't know how to live together and you sure don't know how to fight together wow but before you leave here uh-huh you will Wow. And I mean, I thought, my goodness. And then as I reflected back after becoming a Christian, mm -hmm. I realized what basic training was really about. Sure. It was 50 strangers uh -huh. becoming one. Right. A unit of one. Wow. We had to take care of each other. Yeah. We had to have each other's back. Totally. I mean, we had to be in step when mm -hmm. we walked. We had to wear the exact same uniform. There right. was no variance. We had to make that rack like where you could bounce a quarter off that thing. Uh -huh. And if he didn't like the way your locker looked or anything, it all yeah. ended up in the floor. So, wow. I mean, it was tough. Sure. It was no foolishness. Wow. But by the time we left there, we were 50 mostly young boys right. from everywhere you could right. imagine. Yeah. But we'd become a unit. Wow. We'd become a uh -huh. unit. And that was just the first step uh -huh. of becoming one. Right. You know, to this day, Al, I, I, I say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I ask my wife to walk in step with me right. when we're going through the mall because I can't stand all this bobbing up and down, you know. And uh, uh, there, there's a, just certain things, they, mm -hmm. they stay with you. Right. And I thought, 
you know, there's so much in the scriptures mm -hmm. that, that, that talk about this, yeah. how we're to uh, be in unity, how we're to be one, mm -hmm. how we're to have self-discipline right. in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I just believe we can learn some of sure. these things and they will help us mm -hmm. advance the kingdom of God, as you said, yeah. especially in places mm -hmm. like Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's, 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 Man, that's a standard to reach. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so important, as you say, because we're not going to be able to succeed without it. No. So really, a question comes up, you know, for you think as leaders, what is it that, you know, who is it that you're training? And if, if you approached them like that, how many of them would run away crying? Or mm -hmm. how many would, would rise to the challenge? And we have to really build a culture uh, like that, it, and, it, and it is militant in that sense. Yes. That it, mm -hmm. there's no fooling around, you know, mm -hmm. these disciplines are absolutely required. Uh, because the fact is we do have to have each other's back. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's maybe easy in the West to think, well, you know, you can get away with stuff. Yeah. Um, here we can't. Uh, you know, we don't even belong here. And we're reminded all the time, you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. Every country we go in, they remind us, you know, Pakistan, right. India, what, you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got to walk in step with particularly what, with what God is doing, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then, then the key, the challenge really, you know, in, in my mind, Fred, is then, so what do we do when we take raw young people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about recruiting, right? You mm -hmm. promise them the moon, right? Which we do. We write elephants, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. The best but that Bible sounds so challenging. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the average person may not be real excited about that. Yeah, Ride that's true. elephants? Yeah. Seriously? Uh -huh. They're not looking for that kind of a mission experience. <laughs> but you know, it was like the uh, Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. They didn't want everybody. Exactly. They ran this big billboard, yeah. we don't take applications, only right. commitment. Wow. In other words, wow. we're going to tell Break you that down. right that down. up yeah. front, <laughs> you know, this is not fun and games. Yeah. And if you're not serious, you will not make the cut. I fun? think what we've gotten into today is this dumbing down of yep. the church, yes. where we go to the lowest common denominator mm -hmm. because we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. Right. We want everyone to feel coddled and relaxed and you know taken yep, yep. care of and all of this. But what happened to the call of Christ? Mm -hmm. Who you know also when Jesus called people, he didn't say, "Why don't you think about following me?" That's right. Why don't you take a month off and yeah, just worry yeah. about it? Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> Right now, right yep. then, or just forget it. That's right. Yeah. He wanted those that were right there. Mm -hmm. They were ready. He called, mm -hmm. come follow me now. That's it. Not later. Yes. And yeah. so I think this is where we need to think about, we've got a mission. Sure. We've got a mission. Mm -hmm. uh, the mission of the church isn't just to create an atmosphere that everybody's happy with. Right. I have no yeah. idea what that atmosphere would be anyway. Oh, I don't think there is one, but yeah. <laughs> but, but, but somehow, I think it would probably be toxic to the Great Commission. <laughs> and, and, yes. uh, you know, and we keep forgetting that. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the mission? Mm -hmm. Go into all the world yeah. and make disciples of the nations. Yeah, that's right. This is what, but how many places do you see that? Mm -hmm. And so my hope, and I believe it's your hope as well, Al, mm -hmm. is that we can reach out to a younger generation. Yeah, that's right. With a great call. Yes. And yeah. just tell them straight up mm -hmm. on the front end, yeah. this is really what it's about. You're <laughs> in the army now, buddy, yeah. and this ain't your mama's army. Mm -hmm. Things are gonna be different here. And, and I believe we can begin to recruit yes. the kind of radical, strong people yeah, yeah. 
that really want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, mm -hmm. who truly want to serve. Right. You know, that's what they called us in the military. They called us service men. Right, okay. Because yeah. that's what we basically do. Right. We serve. Mm -hmm. We serve under a commander right. who gives commands, yes. not suggestions, <laughs> <laughs> not opportunities. Uh -huh. He uh -huh. tells you where to go. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I get married to a Canadian girl mm -hmm. 50 years ago, and uh, three days later, I get orders to ship out. There were no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts. timing, man. So yeah. long, yeah. I'll see in four months, you wow. know? And wow. uh, that's how it was. Sure. Uh, that's why I was sharing with the uh, students here at the Bible College who, incidentally, what a great group. Oh, I, I think this is yeah. the kind of people we need to sure truly yeah. recruit. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we need to make them into recruiters. They'd spot each other quicker. That's but, true. But, uh, you know, th this was the thing I was sharing with them. I said, in the military, typically... You have to have a go bag, mm -hmm. and your go bag is probably your duffel bag, right? And it sits by the front door, uh -huh. and it's filled with whatever you need right. for a mission. Wow! And That's when good. the call comes, yep. you you don't take time to pack. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. you grab your go bag, you get out there, you get on that plane, and you're gone. Wow! wow. And that's it. That's the kind of radical militancy mm -hmm. I believe we need to instill. You know, in the yeah. military, you have kind of your regular army forces and right. so forth, Canadian forces, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then you've got a lot of uh, elite units. Sure. Really radical. Right. Green Beret, yep. SEAL Team those are, the, those are the ones we make movies about, oh, right? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, I believe God wants to make some motion mm -hmm. pictures mm -hmm. with some radical people Absolutely. like that yeah. here on this earth yeah. that will take the land, well, that will yep. advance the kingdom of God, yeah. that put Christ and his call on our lives yeah. first above well, everything else. Yeah. Absolutely. There is no better way to live. Yeah. And I think that without that kind of a life, I mean, for you and I, uh, who've experienced a lot of frontline action mm -hmm. in the Great Commission, anything else just seems so terribly boring. Oh, it does. And unfulfilling. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if, if you know people that are sitting on their whatever, and <laughs> then could, you know, they've got a call, they've got a, a destiny, they've got something on the inside, potential on the inside. We need to find new ways to speak to them and call them out, like Jesus called them out, said, just follow me. Yeah. No, don't go back home, say goodbye to your folks, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Follow me, get your go bag, yeah. and let's go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that illustration, Fred, uh, the go bag, because you could look in the go bag and you can tell what a guy's ready for. Exactly. As well. That's right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we got some things coming up for you in a few mm -hmm. minutes here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to give you some more information about ways you can connect with the ministry, and we'll be right back with Fred Bennett. If it's comfort and familiarity you're looking for, you better pay a little more and stay at one of those colleges close to home. There's no easy boy, lazy boy, fat boy to sit on. But if you land in Bangkok, you will find yourself on the front lines of the Great Commission. If you have what it takes, so do we. For more info, go to VictoryAsia.com and enlist yourself into your destiny. As a attendee on seven weeks, you're right in the ministry. Right. 
really takes them out of their comfort zones. It's supposed to challenge the character. Like even things like going to the washroom in a river or sleeping on the ground just with like a sleeping bag. But let's be honest, <clears throat> nobody wants to sleep in the jungle, you know what I mean? I'd rather sleep in my bed. For the most part, it's not intended to be uh, comfortable at all. It does push a lot of people to the edge of what they can handle. And you're really challenging their comfort zones. For more info, go to VictoryAsia.com and enlist yourself into your destiny. You're listening to Covenant Leadership Podcast from, well, being recorded today in Thailand. And uh, with me, I have Fred Bennett, an old military man and great friend. And we're talking about some exciting stuff, Fred, about mobilizing a new generation. Because I think you and me are, you know, we're on the far end, right? Yeah. Of things. Yeah. Uh, you're in your 70s, are you? I'm 70 this year. 70 this year, yeah. and I'm behind you four years. Yeah. So, you know, we need we need new gener probably two new generations by now oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to follow it yeah. up, right? And so we want to kind of head into this um, with the idea of you building the church in Memphis. It was a great church. I visited you mm -hmm. there. It was a very mm -hmm. impressive school and all the kind of stuff you had going mm -hmm. on in Bible school. And then uh, at a point, you turned that over to your son, Chris. Right. And um, so really, that's always an interesting thing for leaders. Mm -hmm. How does that succession work? Right. Uh, what things did you have to put in place for that? Mm -hmm. How did you know he was the right guy? That kind of thing. And, and also, personally, I would like you to talk about the father turning it over to the son thing, because sure. we face a lot of that in a lot of ministries, and people say, well, there's something wrong with that, or there's something good about that, or, you know, jealousy, stuff can happen, Nepotism, right? who knows, That's you know, it, all yeah. kinds of so stuff. So yeah. you take your liberty and address okay. that if you feel like it, too. Okay, Al. <laughs> well, you know, our son shocked us mm -hmm. when he came to us right after high school and said, I've decided to go to Bible college. Uh -huh. I know both of our jaws just wow. hit the floor because yeah. we did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. Now you think you know your children, sure. and then suddenly they do this 180 yeah. on you, and yeah. you're like, of course we were excited, yeah. but we were afraid to show it. <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Matt changed his mind. <laughs> and, so, and we were like, well, fantastic. So he went oh. to Bible school, and then uh, three years later, his sister followed him to Bible mm -hmm. school, and uh, when he graduated from that he uh, went out on the road uh -huh. uh, with a team. Oh yeah, and he was a traveling evangelist across Canada and the United well, States. Yeah. He had a drama team with him. This was uh -huh. all a group, a unit uh -huh. that had formed there oh, at wow. their Bible school. Wow. And uh, so here they are out here doing things that I'd always dreamed of. Uh -huh. I never actually wanted to be a pastor. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I had uh, really imprinted mm -hmm. on an evangelist. Right. who had come to a church we were attending. Okay. And our pastor had him stay with us. Well, uh -huh. I'd keep the poor guy up till 2 o'clock in the morning just <laughs> sure. peppering him with questions. Yeah. And finally, at the end of the week, I said, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. I like this idea. Yeah. Right into town, unload, right out. <laughs> I thought, this is great. And he says, well, Fred, the first thing you need to do to be an evangelist is you need to pastor a church for 10 years. Wow. And I thought, Huh. Ten years. Yeah. Well, Al, all I can say is I must have been a really slow learner because it took me thirty to figure it out. But anyway, <laughs> wow. but you know, but then once you know, we, uh -huh. we realized we were coming to the end of our tenure. Yeah. I had to start thinking about well, 
who's going to take my place? Sure. Because I'm not going to just walk away. There's got to yep. be some transition. Absolutely. And this is tormenting the North American church. You're right. It is a disaster mm -hmm. out there. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm sure yep. you have as well. I realized our son by this time mm -hmm. had joined a church plant team in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And they had planted a church. Right. They'd had our first grandchild, little yeah. Maya. She was born on American Thanksgiving Day. Huh. And I called him. And I said, I'm calling you back home. Uh -huh. And I'm going to put you through seven years of training. Right. And then I'm wow. going to release the church to you. And he agreed. Yeah. He came back, was very faithful in that. And every year, I'd give him some more responsibility mm -hmm. in different areas. I mm -hmm. wanted his fingerprints to be on everything. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's good. And uh, so that by the time I did leave, there wouldn't be any question about who was going to be in charge. Here. Right. Yeah. And so uh, that went pretty well. And uh, then came the day I pulled the trigger and uh -huh. uh, I left. Huh. I left. Sure. I yeah. left the church. That's good. I yeah. didn't stay at the church. Yeah. Now, I know there are a lot of schools of thought on this. Right, there sure People is. People <laughs> that want to, you know, stick around and be the uh, church administrator or the apostle of the church oh, yeah, and all yeah. of this. But a lot of that seems more along the lines of, I want to stay in control. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If we're going to train people up, Al, mm -hmm. at some point, mm -hmm. we got to send them out to the front line, so and they're going to have to fight it out for themselves. Yeah, They've right. got to discover, am mm -hmm. I called to this or am I not? Yes. And uh, you and I can't keep just that, nursemaiding right. them yeah. along. That's yeah. not it. If we're doing our job, mm -hmm. they'll be ready. Yes. And, you know, and there's no way we could ever tell them everything they're going to be faced with. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but I had no clue. That's absolutely right. You know, yeah. about 10 years down the road, I thought, wow, if anybody had told me about all this, <laughs> I'd have run away and yeah, done yeah. something else, you know. But uh, it's been a good transition for yeah. us, for my right. son and I. Mm -hmm. Some in the church really struggled with Did it. Did they? Yeah. Because uh, I'd been pastor for so long right. that the median age of the church was tracking on me. Sure. So it was getting older and older yeah. by the year. Right. Well, then suddenly here's this young guy yeah. coming in. He's like 33 years old when mm -hmm. he comes in. Well, a lot of the older folks couldn't handle that. Right. Many of them left, uh -huh. not all at once, but yeah. gradually yeah. kind of dribbled out over uh -huh. time. And uh, so there were a lot of adjustments to be made. Mm -hmm. But now I'm happy to report that the median age of the church is my son's age. Right. Much younger congregation, uh -huh. much more vibrant, uh, really out there on the cutting edge of what's going on today yeah, yeah. in the church. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier. It's very different from what I did, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to put in a clone. Right. Or a robot or that's, something. That's a big mistake people make. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, he's got to do it like I do it. I, I remember one day I had a, a great friend call me and wanted to know if he could call his son-in-law, mm -hmm. who happened to be on our staff, uh, to be the future pastor of their church. And I said, well, certainly. And yeah. I'm not, you know, we'll have a service. We'll, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll send him with you yeah. and everything. It'll be a great send-off and all the rest. Uh -huh. Well, a few years down the road, the wheels started coming off. Huh. And it was because he didn't agree with where his okay. son-in-law wanted to take yeah. the church. Yeah. 
you know, you either give people authority or you yeah, don't. That's so true. Yeah. And one thing I learned in the military was mm -hmm. about authority. Right. And if you're going to have any in the military, mm -hmm. if you're going to have any in the body of Christ and the army of God, yes. you better get yourself under some authority yourself. That's good. Because yeah. that's where it flows yeah. from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just see this time and time again. I've, I've seen guys give their church to a son or uh -huh. even a spiritual son, not right. necessarily a flesh and blood son, but yeah. a, a spiritual son, and then want to take it back. Right. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you can't do that. You know, you're breaking covenant right mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. you, you've made a covenant promise yeah. that you're going to give them That's this right. church, yeah. this authority, this position, mm -hmm. and now you're going to take it back from them mm -hmm. because you don't agree with the direction of it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work that way in the military. No. It doesn't work that no. way in the wi no. wider body of Christ, and it doesn't work that way in the church. So true. And that's one of the things that I believe we've got to deal with. Right. Uh, strongly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether they just didn't bother to teach this in most Bible schools, oh, yeah. or like many things, they just expected you to read the Bible and figure it out yeah, on your own. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there were accurate, my son was kind of sensitive. Some of the younger generation of uh, his age mm -hmm. were doing a lot of talk about, you know, oh, well, I think that's nepotism, you know, where mm -hmm. the father puts the son in. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you read the Bible and come up with that? Well, that's right. You know, yeah. Because the Bible is just full of it. Like Heavenly Father and Son. That's you right. know, I mean, was that nepotism? The model. You know, yeah, what was right. the deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, uh. so, but there are a lot of those things that come up where people are judging the church uh -huh. and church authority by worldly standards. Right. And that's where I well, think we're making the mistake. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. very, very good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I see, you know, honestly, in, in ministries wherever, there's a lot of talk about succession nowadays because I think it fell through the cracks for mm -hmm. so many years mm -hmm. and there's been so many disasters. Um, but one of the things that we see is that the success of any succession plan, and that's very cool, you know, that you had Chris mm -hmm. come for seven years yeah. and train with you for seven years, and here's the goal, here's the focus, mm -hmm. and at the end of seven years, it's going to be yours. Um, and then that clean break, mm -hmm. and also the like, like you say, you know, finding a clone is the biggest mistake oh, yeah. that yeah. people make in ministries. Mm -hmm. um, it's got to be there's got to be a jump of at least a generation, like yeah. a full generation. Otherwise, it's not going to meet the needs of the next generation. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have an old church, you know, yeah. and it, it, they die. Same story. Sure. And and this is a really sad thing. I can't tell you how many churches I see where there is no plan. Yes. Yeah. I mean, true. there is no plan. I'm yeah. not even sure they yeah. thought about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. just seeing some guys, even older than I am, mm -hmm. still holding on to the pulpit of a local church. Right. And and if there's a plan, it seems to be, I'm just going to drive this off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. And they're all going to go with me. <laughs> I'm like, this is not a, a forward thinking plan. No, I mean, this, no. this, this doesn't have a future and a hope. No, it sure you know, doesn't. Did you get this from God? He told you you could wreck his church church you know when you were yeah, done yeah that that's no. not an option here so we need mm. to deal with that yeah we really and, do uh, yeah uh, promotion comes from the lord yes most definitely mm -hmm. but there's also something about coming up through the ranks that's right yeah you see it amongst enlisted men mm -hmm. you see it amongst the officer corps you earn authority right 
okay? Mm -hmm. You demonstrate that you have the ability, mm -hmm. you have, you know, what it takes mm -hmm. to be an officer of a yes. certain rank. Yeah. And that's oh, what we need in sure the church it is. today. Sure it is, yeah. One of, the, one of the things that we do at our annual leadership summit every year is we talk about uh, where we are in our succession plans. Mm -hmm. and there's lots of them, you know, local churches, a succession mm -hmm. plan. There also is one nationally, yeah. you know, for the National Churches of Thailand, for the National Churches of Philippines. Um, we have an emergency yes. plan, mm -hmm. and then we also have a succession plan, and we, like I say, annually we talk about where we are along that plan, how things are going, and we talk about names. If you don't, if you can't talk about names, you don't have a succession plan. Right. <laughs> like, right. Just yeah. like that. It's yeah. like if you're not. There's no being vague. <laughs> no, that's right. There's no vagueness here. It's just not what you think yeah. might happen. Right. Uh, we really have to put a plan mm. and be an intentional about it. And and there is a lot of good information, but a lot of messed up information too. Like it's you say, true. it's yeah. you know borrowed from the world and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, we really need to consider this. Uh, if you want your church to flourish into the next generations, our last summit, the theme was our 300-year plan. And oh, that's good. Yeah, people, yeah. they giggle at that one, you know, because, well, who cares? Yeah, we, we do. You know, I, I want 300 years from now, I want people to say, um, did yeah. you ever read Fred Bennett's books? You should read those. Yeah. You know, did you ever read yeah. Al Purvis's books? You need to read those. Those yeah. will be helpful. And we leave a legacy. That's right. Instead of a mess, you know. Right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I think that's very, very key that for people. We need to think, if we really are generational, father-son people, which we, we claim to be, right. raising disciples, which we claim to be, mm -hmm. then we have to be very clear along those lines. Yeah. Um, and the authority thing, maybe we'll just finish off the, uh, our talk today talking a little bit more about authority. It's, it kind of becomes a bad word in a lot of places. And there seems to be a Christian liberty that is independence, you know, mm -hmm. which I, I believe is, you know, like Rich in Philippines, he says independence is another word for lonely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, so what's your life look like now, Fred? You got, yeah. you know, a lot of influence in people and who's influencing you mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what can you yeah. tell us in real terms? That well, uh, we've been for the last 10 years mm -hmm. uh, doing the best that we can and giving ourselves to the wider church. Right coming alongside young pastors, mm -hmm. helping new church plants mm -hmm. and so forth, teaching in some Bible schools. It's actually my favorite thing to do. Is but it? anyway, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, captive audience. Oh, sure. you got to have a credit, right? That's so, right. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, so those are the things that we mm -hmm. love. But also, I think this very dealing on authority uh, is is. A big, a big part right. of what's in us. Mm -hmm. um, I, I noticed in the New Testament that these guys called centurions right. had a curious attraction mm -hmm. to Jesus. Isn't that something? Yeah. And it, every time, if you really examine those passages mm -hmm. from the centurion at the foot of the cross when right. Jesus dies, who exclaims, surely this was the Son right. of God. Why did he say that? Sure, he did saw Did he suddenly it. get a revelation? He just crucified him. Yeah, yeah, what, what's yeah. the deal? Mm -hmm. Well, he saw Jesus dying on that cross, may not have understood all the implications, yeah. but while he's dying, he's exercising authority. Right. And you know what? That's, something, That's yeah. where real authority comes from, mm -hmm. when we take up our cross right. and we follow Jesus. Wow, wow. And we could go on for another day, uh, just given, given some good uh, ideas. And, and really, you know, we just our prayer is that this really opens up new 
uh, channels of thought for you as you listen. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to go back and listen to it again. I mean, I find that with podcasts. I've got to go back and write things down and really to glean uh, what the Spirit of God would speak to me and not just what the podcast is saying. But thank you so much for listening and for being with us. And um, you can subscribe to our bi-monthly news by going to VictoryAsia.com. And down at the far right-hand lower corner there, there is a subscribe button. And you put your email address in there, and every couple of weeks you'll hear from me, actually from me personally. And uh, so there's all kinds of those things you can do to connect to the ministry across Asia. And there's a lot of models here that, you know, uh, you can use and pick up and glean from uh, as you study and, and listen, not only to this ministry, but other ministries. We, we just love the cross-pollination. So bless you. 